Our scripture text again from 1 John 1. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. As I have read and as I have studied and pondered over the truths given in these scriptures, daily I realize that there is far, far more depth within the meaning of each of these words than I could ever think or imagine. And that's especially so with some of the very first words given here in the Bible, beginning with the word light. God is using it in this text here of our First uh, John 1. But he used it in the very first verses of our scriptures. This light. Talking about the very first light that entered into this world. You recall there in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, God saying, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Now that's not the light from the sun or the moon. That came on the fourth day. This is a very special light. And so after study for and thinking on this first light, I am more and more convinced that it has qualities and features within it that go far beyond just this basic ability to light up the world. It had power within it that you and I can't see. You'll recall that there in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve Eve had been tempted and fell, there existed this perfectly harmonious existence. Harmony between God and man, harmony even with the animals. And I've wondered if that harmony came from that perfect light of God. Adam and Eve and the animals. And you'll recall that When Adam and Eve sinned, suddenly the harmony was gone between God and and Adam and Eve. Why would there be harmony, though, before that with Adam and Eve and the animals? I believe simply that by that light of God, they could see each other and they could see the animals. And perhaps even the animals could see other animals in the way that God sees them. Vision that's filled with love and grace and mercy. And as I've continued to study about this light, I've encountered just more and more truths throughout these scriptures. The ones here in our text for today. Verse 5, This is a message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. And then in John eight twelve, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Mysterious words. And then further, Jesus said, you to us, those who would follow him, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. 
Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. Now I know that God sternly warns us away from adding anything to these scriptures and I never want to do that. But with that being said, we can see from these words that God hides many of His secrets of the kingdom within His manner of wording. And it seems that this light of God spoken about here has some of those secrets of His kingdom interwoven within it. A kind of light that's able to actually reach into the souls of men and women and to influence and to guide many of the things that we think and the activities that take place in our daily lives. Listen to these words and consider if you can hear the nuances of hidden meaning beyond the simple words. And I'm not asking you to add anything to them. Simply listen. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Does that verse not cause you want to stop and say, wait, God is light. What does it mean that He is light? And what does it mean that there, in Him there is no darkness? That's what I'm talking about. These secrets are hidden within these words. He goes on to say, if we say that we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, so we can't have fellowship with Him in the light while we choose the darkness. It says, if we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See that harmonious relationship that God had back there in the garden with His light, with Adam and Eve, between God and Adam and Eve, between Adam and Eve and between Adam and Eve and the animals. If we say we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sins. Now these simply put words, they declare a message to us about light. And we have to be listening for that. They also declare a message about darkness. Meanings that we might not have thought about before, but we need to begin to. And now, yes, even the unbelieving world is able to know when an analogy or a metaphor is being used. And certainly these words clearly are in a metaphorical or given in a metaphorical manner. But the Holy Spirit within me loudly declares that there's still even more, far, far more to be understood in these words than a simple metaphor might explain. This kind of light and this kind of darkness speaks meaning that reaches far beyond what the simple and ordinary intellectual mind can perceive, even if we know what a metaphor is. These meanings, they reach into the realms of the Spirit. As we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, they're spiritual thoughts that must be spiritually discerned. Our minds perceiving thoughts and understandings by the Holy Spirit that we would not otherwise be able to know. As for this darkness, 
that's spoken about here. We talked about that last week in the message. That, yes, it has a semblance to the kind of darkness of the nighttime. And yes, also, it has a semblance to blindness. But it goes so much further in its effects on us. This darkness actually reaches into our souls with a whole other kind of darkness. Strange and inexplicable darkness. A blindness that our minds don't even know is present within us. And this darkness is so pervasive. It covers over and enshrouds the minds and the souls and the spirits of every person and every activity that exists on the earth. And unlike the nighttime kind of darkness, this special darkness actually has a nature and a personality all of its own with sin as its foundation. This darkness has a predatory sin nature. A nature that pursues after you and me. Did you ever think about that? That this darkness that God is talking about here pursues after you and me. And it seeks to reach into and to invade and to dominate and to control everything that takes place within every heart, within every soul that resides within the darkness. The way people think, the way they say and do things. But again, though this darkness is so pervasive and has such dominance and control, its presence goes unnoticed by its residents. Do you stop and think about the darkness that's around you, that's in your workplace or within the shopping centers or within our government, within our neighborhoods? No, you don't. I don't. But we should. It's taking place. It's there, but yet it's imperceptible to our ordinary minds and thoughts. And people are fumbling and stumbling about in their miseries and they have no idea what's causing them to suffer. They call it coincidences or they call it something else. Just a bad day. But it's not. It's this darkness. Now, In some ways, there's a similar sense regarding this special kind of light that God's talking about here. God's light. Those who do not have Christ as their Savior, they walk within their darkness, but with God's light shining all around them. Can you see God's light shining all around you? It's a spiritually discerned light. But these who walk in darkness because they don't have Christ as their Savior, they have God's light shining on them and into the things that they do. But they seldom, if ever, see it, even though it's right there at their fingertips, and it's wanting to do the same thing that the darkness does, only in a good way. God's light is pursuing after them, reaching in, wanting to change and bless them, on those special occasions when God does open their eyes so that they can get a glimpse of Him and be drawn to Him, too often that precious light is so painful to their spiritual eyes that they quickly turn their heads away and they retreat then back into their darkness. That takes place all during the day, folks, 
all during the lives of unsaved people. God shining His light into their lives and them for a brief moment being able to see the wonders of Him, but it hurts their eyes. And so then they do. They run to the darkness. But praise be to God as some people do respond to that light and are saved. They begin right away to perceive the glimmers of light like they never had before. Like a person who's been blind from birth would be shocked but excited if they were to be miraculously healed and suddenly able to see their loved ones or see the things around them for the first time. This new sight that's provided by this light of God to a new believer is shocking. It was to me. I can remember often, and I still do. It's exciting. Shocking, but exciting. Suddenly, I was starting to see things that I'd never seen before. I was able to see people the way I'd never seen them before. Now, I want us to consider what I'm saying here. This light of God is filled with wisdom and power and might. And as it begins to filter into our hearts and our minds and our souls, we really do change. That's why you're sitting here today. You changed. And you're changing daily. You see things differently than you've ever seen them before. And you'll see things even more differently tomorrow. As long as you're allowing God's light to to come in to your souls. Our hearts... And our minds, our attitudes, they soften towards people that we once despised. We hear a whole different conversation taking place as we talk to, especially to unbelievers. We hear a whole other conversation. We gain an understanding and a knowledge and wisdom that we never had before. And that's when the Holy Spirit begins this powerful work we've spoken about here, He begins to enable you and me to walk in God's light. Thinking differently. Doing things differently. For myself, I think of the transition that has taken place in my thinking and my understanding regarding such matters as abortion and homosexuality. As an unbeliever, I seldom even thought much about women having abortions. I would know that their new pregnancy was inconvenient to their plans and to their lifestyles. And when they would casually make their trip to the abortion clinic to have that little blob of tissue removed, I was comfortable with their behavior. Even sometimes agreeing with their decision. I lived within that darkness with them. And my mind was influenced and controlled by that darkness. And that darkness remained with me in many ways even after I had come to know the Lord. But in my lostness, I had no idea that that little blob of tissue was a precious child of God. Personally woven together in that mother's womb by the very hands of God. We're told that, by the way, in Psalm 139. How sad. How sad for that baby, for that mother, and for me. So very sad. 
We all were walking in darkness, doing things of the darkness and not even knowing what was wrong. Making sure that that light didn't get in to reveal the truth to us. And then also, I can recall in my earliest days of working at the bank, I worked alongside three homosexual men. My thoughts in those days were very casual towards their behavior. I was walking in darkness. I had no idea what they were doing was especially offensive to God. That didn't occur to me that they were being offensive to God. Now, I did understand some about sin, even though I was not a believer. I knew that killing people and robbing people was sin. But as a, an observer of their homosexual behavior, the thought never occurred to me that those three men were doing things that were detestable to God. They were just who they were, and they did what they did. And that was okay with me, as long as it didn't affect me. And it didn't. On one occasion when one of the homosexual spouses passed away, I can recall that many of our fellow workers treated the manor in the same way that they would have with an ordinary husband or wife. Again, how so very sad for them, but also for me. We all lived and walked in darkness, never able to see the lostness of all of it. That those men's homosexual lifestyles and behaviors were an offense to God, were detestable to Him. And as for me, my acceptance of their behavior as being okay was probably every bit as sinful in God's sight. But thanks be to God, when the Spirit of Christ came to live within my heart and my soul, my mind began to be renewed. That's what's supposed to be taking place with each one of us here today. Our minds are supposed to be being renewed daily through this Word, through the power of this Word. So as my mind began to be renewed, slowly at first, but then more and more, the light that God speaks about here began to shine on those kinds of sinful behaviors and on many other kinds of sinful behaviors. And I began to see all of those people and their behaviors through a different lens, through a whole different lens. I began to see them through the eyes of Christ. Now I must confess that at first that light of God was shocking to my senses. And my first reaction, once I knew the truth, was to immediately begin to despise those people, the women who were having abortions. How dare a mother mercilessly slaughter her baby? My mind changed dramatically. But then over time, my heart softened towards them personally. And although, yes, I still do to some degree struggle with these condemning thoughts about women who do those awful things to their little babies. The light of Christ continues to soften my heart, my thoughts, my attitudes towards the person, but still despising their sin. I don't do that real well yet, but I'm asking God to give me a better attitude towards the person. I do hope that someday the Lord will give them light to see as He did me. And I'm not special. This is what happens to each of us when we receive Christ as our Savior. 
that light starts to shine in. And we think differently. Now likewise with these who choose the homosexual behavior and lifestyle. And it is a choice. We're not born that way. Contrary to the lies of this world, we are not born homosexual. We do choose the homosexual behavior and lifestyle. But they also live and move and have their being within that all-pervasive darkness. And they have no idea, no clue that their behavior is despicable to God. And even when they do hear someone pleading with them to turn to the light, they instead retreat back into their darkness. Again, though I still do struggle to have the compassion that I should on, on those folks, my heart has softened a great deal. A great deal towards them. The Holy Spirit reminds me that I also once walked in darkness. I might not have done what they did, but I walked in that same darkness and I did things that were just as bad. And because of that, I have more compassion today than I've ever had before. One last personal example. And what we're talking about here is how the light of God causes us to walk with Him in His light. So one last personal example. Before I answered the call of Christ to be my Savior, I was a very heavy drinker. I drank a lot. And I also have a genetic predisposition towards anger and violence when I drink. As soon as I received Christ into my life, that was one of the first glimmers of light that the Lord Jesus put into my life. I knew right away that I would have to quit alcohol immediately and forever. No more drinking, not even a casual beer or wine. And God has enabled me to do that. He enabled it quickly and completely. And I'm so thankful. And again, that's all a part of what God is giving to us in this message. Let me read it again. This is the message that we have heard from Him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in the darkness, we're liars. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. I believe we can, without adding anything to the Scriptures, know that he's saying we have fellowship with him and with one another. Just the way it was back there in the garden. And then he says, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Folks, as the Holy Spirit lives within us, his light immediately begins to shine in our dark world and reveal all these many forms of sin and how they control our lives and our behaviors. But as these words tell us, listen, there is a response that is absolutely required from you and me. This is where the sovereign hand of God interconnects with the free will of men. This is where each person must respond to the light and turn away from the darkness and begin walking in God's light. And no, that's not the simple and easy step that it sounds to be. Our free will response, though, is required. And the only way that we're going to be able to 
respond in the way that God wants us to is by surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. It's only as we are fully surrendered to His Spirit that we can move on further, even a step as we walk in His light. And as to our part, thankfully the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us wondering what we'll do next. It's not a matter of us just giving up our old ways. Yes, we must do that. And that's not easy. But He tells us that we are to begin at that moment putting on the new man, the new woman that we become in Christ. We need to begin this lifelong endeavor of adding the things of God to our faith. He tells us about that in Second Peter. He says, For this reason, giving all diligence, add to this new faith. You've been saved, now add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And as you and I add each of these godly attributes to our faith, God's Spirit within us will enable us to begin walking in the light as He is in the light. Each one of these attributes of God will enable us in all the matters of our day. Let's pray.